You're listening to the Father's House Podcast. We're in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hope you guys enjoy. If you guys want more information, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. Good morning, good morning. Hey, can we give it up for our worship team this morning? Hey, give it up for our media team as well. Come on. Come on, give it up for our nursery team. (laughs) Our children's church team. Our ushers team. I don't know, security team. First impressions team. I don't know, is that, I don't know if that's, is that every team? Oh, glory to God. A pastoral team, come on, somebody. I think that's, what was that? Cleaning team, come on, the cleaning ladies are like, give us the glory. We need to be recognized. Hey, that's awesome. I love, uh, you know, sometimes I come here during the week and like at night at random times and I'll hear something around the church and I'm like, what is that? And it's usually a cleaning lady. And, yeah, and sometimes I'll catch them with their, their headphones on and they'll just be worshiping the Lord. And it's pretty awesome. So praise the Lord. They'll be praying in here, saturating this place. Amen. 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 So um, real quickly, a big announcement. So how, if you weren't at our church meeting last week, I'm going to give you a shotgun. Um, I'm going to give you a shotgun thing of what happened and what we have. So everybody say next week. August 27th, directly after church, um, you go get your kids. If you are a member of the church, you'll come back in the sanctuary, you'll check in with Katrina, um, and then you'll be given a ballot. We will have a vote next week. Now, some of you might not know this, you all should kind of know this, but now, I mean, you know, if we have like church meetings and we tell you it's really, really important, you should come, okay? <laughs> so you don't have to know the brief story of it in this moment, um, but we will be voting ultimately uh, for the Father's House um, to part ways with the Assemblies of God and become a non-denominational church. Um, so if you'd like to know more about that, I mean, our, our elders, our leaders, all of us are in agreement to do so. Um, also next week, the Assemblies of God will be sending someone here to represent them uh, legally. I have to let them address our congregation to, I don't know, they might try to talk us out of it, whatever it may be, but ultimately we just ask that you spend this week in prayer and fasting. Somebody say fasting. I know you guys love to fast. You can start today. We'll just keep this service going for 10, 11 hours. So you can start your fast. And but we just ask you to pray and fast, seek the Lord. Uh, if you want to know more about that, any questions, concerns, please reach out to me. We'd love to meet with you this week and talk to you. Uh, just answer as many questions as you have. Uh, I did think one one thing really quickly, and I do want to move on to the word of the Lord this morning. Um, last Sunday. One of our members who was here in the 70s, I believe he came up and shared some information with me that I believe is very important. He said at the conception of this church that it actually did not start as an Assemblies of God church. It was a charismatic, non-denominational church. And I believe that is very important, actually, uh, for, our, for our church. And that's actually what we're going to be getting back to, which I believe will how it originated. So anyways, if that offends you, I love you. Um, it's okay if it offends you. Um, the Bible 
Just, just deal with offense. Don't get bitter. Amen? Yeah. Amen. The Bible says, in your anger, don't sin. <laughs> right. Um, so, anyways, um, if you want to know more about that, please come speak with us. Um, we'd love to talk to you. Let's see here. Um, so, this past week, how many of you heard last week, Pastor Dan Reynolds was with us. Uh, he preached an awesome message uh, from King David, and I was riding around with um, Pastor Dan and John Stevens, and we were just in the car, just hanging out, three guys, three married men. Uh, how, how many of you know you need some friends? You need some married people in your life that will point you in the right direction, and, and Dan was asking me some personal questions, which I love, and asked me about me and Maddie and our marriage, and, and I just was honest with him. It's like, you know, it's been a little rocky the last couple weeks. Uh, and just to be honest, uh, the Lord spoke to me and, and was like, hey, Mike, uh, you know, there's, there's some things I want to change about you, actually. <laughs> and not, in a sense, it's like, God's like, hey, uh, you're in charge of yourself, so I'm just going to work on you, and you just focus on that. And so it was good to be able to share honestly uh, with some men and as we were sharing, I had no idea what I was going to preach and talk about this week. I have no idea necessarily what I'm going to preach and talk about next week. But last week, the Lord spoke to me and said, Mike, I want you to talk about covenant, and specifically the marriage covenant and purity uh, this morning. And uh, so, all right, we're going to take a dive in this morning. I'm going to share just a lot of my own personal experience. And I want to just say this very, very clearly this morning. Uh, for anyone who has been divorced for whatever reasons in your life, there is no shame coming from this pulpit. I just, my desire, regardless of what you have done or didn't do or whatever, today's a new day. It's a new day, period. The Bible says very clearly that there's brand new mercies every morning. And so this is a new morning. And so maybe you've messed it up in the past. It's okay. Uh, you can just repent, give it to the Lord, and we can move on. Maybe you're married again. Maybe you've been married two or three times. There's no shame in this room. There's just, I just want to make a, a clear message this morning uh, for what God says about covenant. And I believe the Lord is calling single people and young people in our congregation to stand for purity and to, to, to purify themselves and to walk in purity and wholeness. And I believe also that the Lord is calling those of us that are married to stand guard for our marriages. Amen? I got some, Mary, I got some people cheering me on in this section. Uh, but how many of you believe God uh, believes in marriage? <laughs> how many of you believe God loves marriage? How many of you, let's, let's take it back a little step further. He designed it. He's the creator of it. So we're just going to dive in at the Father's house. We believe in a healthy home for the city. And what that means is that we want to see you become the healthiest version of you in our church. Amen. Uh, that is our goal. That is our desire. It's not that we fill this building up with people or have enough money to do whatever. It's that you grow up in the Lord to be mature sons and daughters. Amen. Because actually when you grow up in the Lord, you'll become the best husband, the best wife, the best mom, the best dad, the best employee, the best whatever, if we just start to look like him, amen? So I was, I was riding with them as like the Lord said, talk about covenants, that's where we're going this morning. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, uh, Lord, that you, uh, you are the bridegroom and we are the bride, Lord, that this is a marriage that we've stepped into, Father, and we've stepped into a covenant, that new covenant is your blood. So, Father, I thank you that there's promises, God, for us in this covenant, Lord. I thank you, Lord, you're a promise keeper. 
So Father, I bless this congregation this morning, Lord, your people, your house, your glory. God, that you would use me, that you would speak through me this morning, that you would, I would just be a vessel uh, by your spirit, Lord, for a fresh filling of the Holy Ghost, Lord, to proclaim the gospel and this message with boldness. In Jesus' mighty name, could you just lift out your hands in front of you to receive and just say, Jesus, I receive anything that's from you and anything else that's not from you. I don't want it. Come on, somebody. Isn't that good? So, oh, I'm going to share my heart a little bit and we'll get into some scriptures. So how many of you know we live in a world today, I was talking to Maddie yesterday about how our society keeps moving closer and closer towards like convenience. <laughs> and we live in a world today where everything is becoming more and more uh, disposable. And we, we, it literally like, uh, some of you know, some of you ladies, I'll call you out for a moment. Some of you have bought a dress before, you've even worn that dress and then you took it back. <laughs> and you even planned to do it. <laughs> You know, we live in a society where you can literally try things out before you actually want to purchase them and you can return them. I mean, literally, I don't even know how that works, honestly. Like, you can basically order anything off Amazon, even if it's not broke, nothing wrong with it. You can use it, put it back in the box, and ship it back to them. I literally bought an axe yesterday because I'm such a strong, manly man. And... Um, <laughs> And I bought an axe from Tractor Supply. I literally went home and used it. The axe was not a very good axe, and yes, it was the axe's fault, not mine. And I remember I was using this axe, and I'm literally, the axe has like, once you use an axe, it's scraped. Like, there's no like, it's, it's blemished now. Literally, there's like scratches. I'm even using a knife to get like wood off of it, and I'm like, this axe sucks. I need a better axe. It's definitely not me, because I'm strong. And I know how to do do things. And so I was thinking, I'm going to take this axe back. So I take this axe back to Tractor Supply, and literally I take a scratched, beaten-up axe, and they take it back because they just have to because, you know what I mean? Like, they're just, they just literally give me a new one. I was kind of like, well, this is nice. And, and I mean, what am I trying to say? You, some of you see easily where I'm going. The reality is we live in such a try it first, see how it works, and then we'll get rid of it. And we live, such, we live in such a world right now where you, and that's, that's my concern with our relationship, especially for young people and especially for marriages. Let me just say this. Girls are not something that you try out first before you decide to marry them. Sex isn't something that you're supposed to try out first. Listen, we weren't created just for sex. I know there's kids in here. We have kids church for this reason. Hallelujah. <laughs> and we weren't created for just these things. Let me just say it like this too. Like for our, us young guys in this room or whatever, you know, girls weren't created just to, just to fulfill your sexual need that you can't control. Or guys weren't created, you know what I mean? The same thing. We're created to fulfill that sexual need. And I don't know about you, but as a kid, you know, I grew up in church. I grew up learning that, you know, I needed to wait to marriage, um, and, and I, but I, I'm going to tell you something that I, I didn't hear as much. I didn't hear at church as much as I thought or that I could remember that, hey, Mike, if you wait for marriage, that's actually the best 
form of the sex. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Some of y'all make it. This is making you making it awkward in here. And some people understand. They're with me. They're like, yeah, it is. Come on. You know what I mean? And I remember I used to think like, well, and this is how I thought forever. Like, well, it, it, it just, it's just what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to wait for marriage because that's what God wants me to do. But it's actually not good as what the devil has to offer. It's not as good as sleeping around with 10, 15 people and trying it out. That's better, but I can't do it because I want to please God. I'm here to tell you that what God's design is, is the best design. It is actually the design that fulfills you the most. It's not the thing that you're missing out on. God didn't say, hey, the devil has something better and what I have, you're gonna miss out on what the devil has. That's a lie from hell. And how do I know? Some of you are thinking, well, Mike, I lost my virginity at 14 years old. Some of you think, well, you did it the wrong way. You did it this way. And you're right, I have. So I have some authority to speak on it. And the reality is when I would go out and do things and hook up with girlfriends and whatever, all those times, what would it do? It it was a lie. (laughs) How many of you know that the flesh is never satisfied? The flesh is never satisfied, ever, ever. And I remember going down this road of thinking, well, this is going to fulfill me. And what it really was that a lot of times we use sex and, and attraction as young people in this room, you use it as a way of feeling important. You finally feel valued because someone wants to touch you. And I'm here to tell you that your value doesn't come from somebody touching you. If somebody values you, they would keep their hands off of you. And listen, I was that terrible person. I remember when I first got saved and I was running after Jesus, I went to a Bible study group at a church here in town. And I remember I was just in love with God. I was just uh, just passionate about his word. And I remember this dad, one of the pastors there actually was tr- tried to hook me up with his daughter. I was like, this never happened before. <laughs> Some of y'all understand. Because before, it was the complete opposite experience. I was a guy that you were trying to keep away from your daughter. Let's just be real this morning. I know some of you are thinking, what kind of church is this? this I, don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Thank you. And, and so I, I remember thinking, like, whoa, this is kind of crazy. But what was I doing? I was in love with the Word. I was in love with the Lord. And then I had dads trying to be like, hey, you should meet my daughter. And I was like, wow, that's kind of crazy. But the whole opposite time I grew up was a complete opposite because I was just trying to use people. And people are trying to use each other that are young. And so not, not even just young people. Some of you that are single and still sleeping around and everything, people are just using each other to fulfill their needs, trying to fulfill a hole in their heart that cannot be filled with sex. It cannot and it won't. You know why? Because as soon, man, especially if you're a believer in this room. If you're a believer in this room and you go out and you screw up sexually and you're single, you know what happens? You feel that shame. Me and Maddie made a bunch of mistakes when we got together. We made all the mistakes. And every single time we made the mistake, we never were like, yeah, that was a great idea. Ever. Every single time. I'm just just being real. We would leave Bible studies. Well, I go to church every Sunday. Doesn't matter. Young people, you got to set up some boundaries. You got to set up some boundaries. Not until me and Maddie stopped hanging out past 8 p.m. did we stop being sexually involved with each other. 
Some of y'all are thinking, oh my goodness. Listen, I've, you know, that's the least of the things I've ever done in my life, okay? <laughs> Sorry, that's probably a bad thing to say, but that's... But we, not until we set up some real boundaries where I looked at her and finally we said, we said, listen, I'm not even gonna, I'm not gonna kiss you at all. I'm not gonna put, I'm not gonna kiss you on your cheek. We're not even gonna give a hug. We're not doing anything. And I was listening to a thing by some young uh, pastor at Bethlehem. He said this, he had this sermon called Respect the Turn On. And let me say it like this. This is for everybody in this room. You need to put some respect on the turn on. What does that really mean? That, that you need to give it its rightful place. Some of y'all are thinking, well, I'm good. I'll never do that. Bad plan. That's a terrible plan. That turn on is real. It's so real that the Bible says in, in the New Testament, Paul would say, run away. Run away. Look at your neighbor and say, run away. Come on. And listen, if you're in a relationship in this room and you're not married, let me just go ahead and say this, and I'm kind of skipping to the end of my message, but if you're not married and the other partner is constantly just wanting to be sexual with you and you don't want to, you are not in covenant with that person and you need to leave. I know somebody's probably sitting here right now thinking, oh, that's us. But listen, keep, keep your hands off. If they're not willing to respect you and honor you and run after Jesus with you, let it go. You're not married. I've never seen so many people try to fight so hard to stay in broken, toxic relationships and they're not even married. <clears throat> get out. Get out before you get into covenant. <laughs> Come on, man. <clears throat> but me and Maddie started setting up boundaries. We're not gonna hang out past eight o'clock. Some of you are thinking, well, that's lame. Well, do we want to live for Christ or not? Do I want to live holy or not? Do I want to serve Jesus or not? And if your answer is yes, you will do whatever it takes to walk in pureness and holiness. And I remember telling Maddie, we've screwed up before our marriage, so now I want to go into our marriage at least with a, with a good start. And so we stopped kissing, we stopped hugging, we stopped doing everything, stopped hanging out. And you know what we were forced to find out? If we actually loved each other or we were just in lust. The majority of relationships are just lustful relationships and trying to fulfill attractions. They're not actually love, unconditional, covenant relationships. And so it was kind of scary, to be honest. It was kind of like, man, do we actually want to get married or do we just want to hook up? And we figured that out because we figured out that what we were stepping into was covenant. And we wanted to make sure, man, we're going to do this because once I'm in this, I'm in this for life. All right? And don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not talking about the destructive marriages and affairs and all the stuff that can fall apart. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm just saying it. This is a covenant we're getting into. And young people, I believe the Lord is calling you higher this morning to set up boundaries to stay pure. I believe some of you, you are like, man, I want to stay pure. I really do. I want to wait for marriage. I want to, I want to stop now. But you have to have a plan. I'm, let me just go ahead and say it. Purity rings ain't gonna, ain't gonna do it. You need a purity handgun. Listen. And purity rings and signing little papers and stuff, that's beautiful, that's awesome, but you gotta have actual real boundaries when it comes to dating and things. Because the turn on is real and it's strong. 
and I don't care how godly you are and how much you pray and how spiritual you are, it's something you need to respect. I believe and you see that with Joseph in the Bible with Potiphar's wife. You notice that she, she came on to him. You notice what it says? He ran out. You know why? Because I believe that turn on is real and if he would have stuck around, it'd have been over with. So he had to get out of the situation. So sex is not something you try before you buy. It's something that you literally get in covenant with, you save. I'm telling you one of the most, I was at my buddy's wedding. Um, it was the first wedding I've been to, I think, when they were virgins, and that's sad, right? And I remember being like, this is beautiful. You know, like I could, I was just like, this is incredible. Like, this is amazing. Baby, this is, this, this is the night. <laughs> You've been waiting your whole life. We talk about sex and things so normal around my house, it would make you very, probably very uncomfortable. You know why? Because God created it, it's in his word, and the world is too busy talking about it and trying to define it, so I'm gonna make sure that we define it in a healthy, whole way in my house. And sometimes not so healthy, probably, where I make Carter very uncomfortable. I remember we were like, we got something to tell you, Carter. And he's like, Dad, she's not pregnant, is she? <laughs> and he literally said something like this, Dad, leave her alone. <laughs> I said, dude, heck no, bro. This right here, this is a ring of covenant. <laughs> I'm not trying it. Come on, somebody, it's mine. Hallelujah. Hmm. It's actually unhealthy if this bothers you, just to be kind of clear, okay? So, Romans 13, 14, for all the people in this room, every single person, not just young people, Romans 13, 14, one of my favorite verses, if we can get it up on the screens, come on, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ, pay attention to this, and make no provision for the flesh. Respect that turn on, right? Make no provision to gratify its desires. What does that mean? You gotta have some plans. You gotta have some boundaries. You gotta set up some things in your life where I'm not gonna even make a provision for the flesh. There's a, there's a, a scripture in Proverbs that talks about an adulterous woman. It says don't even go near the door of her house. You know why it says the door? Because it's saying that once you get to the bedroom, it's too late. It's too late. No matter how godly you are, you're a pastor, you're a leader, you're an evangelist, it doesn't matter. Once you get to the bedroom, it's too late. Young people, once you get to that place, don't be trying to get out of sin when you're all the way there. <laughs> That's a terrible plan. That's why me and Matt are like, okay, uh, it's, we seem to be hooking up all the time after when it gets dark, so we need to stop hanging out at dark. <laughs> right? And it worked. And we, you know what else we did? We, we bring people into the conversation, which nobody wants to do. We start telling people that we love, telling a person that was doing our premarital counseling, hey, we're struggling. And I, I love it. This is what we try to do with our kids, especially as they get older. We try to let them understand that they're in control. They need some control. They need to have, make their own decisions. You know what that looks like? Hey Mike, what are you gonna do about it? Do you need my help? <laughs> nope, <laughs> I'll come up with a plan. <laughs> 
Your kids will, they'll learn how to plan to get out of things if you start helping them, right? Okay, give me your phone. You're not gonna see your friends anymore for the next 10 years. Oh, you got a plan? Okay, let's try your plan. But don't make any provision for the flesh. Some of you, if you're always, if you're getting on pornography and you're, you're, you're being led through pornography through Facebook or through Instagram or through things, listen, delete it. Delete it. Make no provision. How much do you want to actually live holy and purify yourself or do you just want to continue coming to church on Sunday and just thinking there's something wrong with the songs? I'm not feeling it today. Well, When we, uh, when we gratify the flesh, it grows. And we build an appetite for the things of the flesh and the things of the spirit we don't really have as much of an appetite for. Then we think the things of the spirit are not as good anymore. It's like, no, you've just built an appetite for the flesh. And there's actually a fasting moment, a breaking moment. Have you ever got off caffeine before? How many of you know for three or four days, it's a beast. You gotta start to change, you gotta discipline yourself because some of us have built a stronghold of lust and pornography and things and it has to be broken. And it's gonna take some, it's gonna take some discipline. It's gonna take knocking some stuff off. It's gonna take going on some walks. It's gonna take talking to some people and bringing men and women into your life. It's gonna take being vulnerable and, and stepping out and taking some risk and telling somebody about some issues. But let's not, know, let's not even go near the door, amen? Let's not even go near the door. Come on. Young people, I've said this before, especially girls, if you're a teenage young girl in this room, come on. You know, a guy just telling you that you're so pretty and you're so beautiful and whatever, and then he'll, and two months later, he's saying that to your best friend. Like, what is actually more, makes you, what actually makes you feel better? That somebody's giving you some attention that might last for a little bit, or somebody that will say, listen, no matter if you get sick in sickness and in health, in good times and in bad, no matter what, when it's that time of the month and your hair's up and you don't have no makeup on, I still love you and I'm not going anywhere. When you're sick and you're in the bathroom and you're vomiting and all those things come in life, which they come, right? I'm not going anywhere, because we're in covenant, amen? Listen to me, it's, it's very simple. I'm all in with Maddie. You know what that looks like? It's not an option to leave. That's just how I look at this, because so I'm in covenant. And so people wanna argue, like, well, the Bible gives us a few reasons. There's only one reason the Bible actually says clear. Two, actually, if you want to argue, one is death of the spouse. Two is sexual immorality. But how many of you know, I've seen plenty of marriages be restored when there was sexual immorality. I don't believe that's an automatic pass. And for some reason, if you're, man, if you're trying to find a, a pass to something, there's probably way bigger issues, all right? God can restore things, amen? And listen, if he hasn't and things have gone south and you've started over, Today's a new day, amen? And that part is not for you. Please don't receive it. So uh, Mark 10, six through nine, let me paint a very clear picture this morning of what the Bible says. Come on. From the beginning of creation, somebody say creation. How many of you know there's a battle in the world right now for the origin of people and where we came from? And here's the, here's the origin of mankind. For anyone who's wandering, the beginning of creation, God made them male 
and female, he created them. And I just want to be very clear, and I know most of you would probably be in agreement with this, but anyone who is trying to um, confuse vulnerable children that there are more than two genders, you are a sick individual. I'm just telling you, it, it, it's, it, they are vulnerable children and they need adults to be able to tell them the difference between fantasy and reality. It is not right to confuse the vulnerable that there is no reality and there is no fantasy. How many of you know Santa Claus is fantasy? We're living in a world right now where people would say, well, if I believe in Santa Claus, he's real. That's nonsense. There's fantasy and then there's reality. The reality is there is male and female. He created them. And we have a charge as adults. And it's not even just as people of God, but to stand for truth and teach our kids. You know why my kids know their gender? It's because we've told them. Because they don't know things. And to confuse the vulnerable is a terrible thing to do. I've, oh, man. I have, I have small kids and I can't imagine. My goodness. Oh, Lord, help us. The beginning, God made them male and female. This is something that's a battle in our nation and around the world, and we stand for truth. And can I just say this? A lot of us, we're seeing the church get wishy-washy on this statement and on the, 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 the LGBTQ statements because it, it hits close to home sometime. Maybe you have a child or a grandson or somebody you're close to, and listen, we cannot change the word of God and the truth because it starts to hit close to home. We stand for the truth of God's word. It's not my truth and your truth, it's his truth and nothing else. Every other thing is a lie. So keep going, please. Come on, I just had to make that clear. Come on, somebody, we're gonna sit all here, stare at this, maybe not. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother. Once again, God's saying how marriage goes, male, female. You notice he didn't say God, man will leave woman and woman. That doesn't even make sense because the, the two genders cannot reproduce anyone. This is God's design. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Let me say this. When you hook up with somebody, it's a spiritual thing. There's no such thing as free sex. There's an exchange that happens with that person. It's not, it's not that simple. You'll become one flesh. And he goes on to say, uh, so there are no longer two, but one. Man. How many of you, you, you ever realize that like something you're thinking or something you need from the Lord and all of a sudden your spouse just has it? Like I was, and I'm like, whoa, that's kind of crazy. I couldn't tell you many times me and Maddie have been like, man, it's because we're one. Therefore, my favorite part of this verse, therefore, what God has joined together let no one separate. No one. Amen? I believe it's insinuating that, hey, things are going to try to separate this. <laughs> There's a reason why he's saying, hey, well, God has joined together. Let no one come in between him because he knows things are going to try to. He knows the enemy hates marriage. He hates purity. He hates holiness. He, he hates it when we represent him. He hates it when we stand, man, and say, Jesus is better. Sex with my wife is better than everything else. He hates it when the church actually reflects the word of God and it turns out to be true. He hates it. He absolutely can't stand it. He, the, the enemy likes the message of just go to church, but it's gonna be boring and God will never satisfy you. He loves that message. But we have a different message that only he satisfies. Yeah. 
Only he satisfies. Let me tell you the secret to the core of every marriage is that song we sang earlier. I don't want anything else. I don't need anything else. Give me Jesus. You know what that looks like? I don't actually need you, per se. Oh, but I'm not saying. But I don't need you to satisfy me. I don't need, I'm not dependent on you to give me joy. I'm not dependent on you to give me value that comes from my heavenly Father. All that comes from Him. That means when you're having a bad day, I cannot take it personal and say, oh, well, you're, I didn't make you have a bad day. I didn't do it. It's the kids that did that to you. Not me, I'm the husband. I've been good to you. Why are you yelling at me? Hmm. Or I can say, oh, look at this opportunity to serve and be selfless and sacrificial. Hmm. Maybe if I just look like him, act like him, talk like him, it would fix my connection to my spouse when I build my connection with the Lord. So many of us are so stuck on just building a connection with the spouse in all these different ways. When, and we, our connection with God is like the last thing on the list. I know that when we're both in tune with the Holy Ghost, we get in tune together. Because one person's allowed, this person's not doing well, and the other person's picking up, boom. Because Jesus is with me, right? And he's empowering me to love and fight the right fight, and my spouse is not the enemy. And neither are my children even though sometimes they act like it. Like they were sent on assignment <laughs> to fight me. <laughs> Come on. So good. So a little bit quickly, every pastor's famous last words. God is a God of covenant agreement. A covenant is a binding promise between two people that we're striving together for this common goal Man, you see covenant in the first in the Bible when God spoke to Noah. I mean, the first time the word is co the covenant is used in the Bible is when God spoke to Noah about what? The rainbow. He said, this is my covenant. How many of you know the rainbow does not represent all the nonsense it represents today? It represents the covenant that God gave that he would not destroy the earth with a flood. And he said, this is my covenant I have with you. In Genesis 9-11, then you see God promise Abraham that he'll make him a father uh, to a great nation, a father of many nations, that he'll give him land, that he'll bless him to be a blessing. And then you go on to see a covenant um, with the Israelites in general, that they would be his people and he would be faithful to this covenant. And then you got the New Testament, which is my favorite out of these, the new covenant, it's agreement between God and who? And those who put their trust in Jesus. And this covenant, this is beautiful, this covenant is ratified by his blood. And that's how we step in. You know how you step into this covenant relationship with Christ? By faith. We step into this relationship by faith. You'll notice when God made covenant with Abram, it, there's barely any list of what Abraham had to do as part of that covenant. The only thing Abraham had to do was have faith. And that God would say, listen, these covenants is basically God's promises. How many of you know God keeps his promises? That he's a promise keeper. And I just want to remind us, those who are married in this place, when I, when I, when I do weddings, how many of you have been to a wedding and they say things like this, and some of you are just married, uh, till death do us part, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, and then all, in good times and in bad, then all of a sudden they all start happening and they're like, nah, I'm out of here. 
It's called the wedding vow. And it should be taken seriously, not just be a cute little part of our Pinterest wedding that goes with what people normally do. No, we're standing in covenant and this ring represents this covenant. That this is unending. It's an unending thing that God is calling us into. How many of you remember the, that big marriage movement that started for men? You remember what it was called? Promise keepers. And I felt the Lord just saying today that he wants to raise up those married people in the room, whether it's your new marriage, whatever, and say, no, I'm gonna keep my promise. I might've broke it in the past, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it. Come on, somebody. I'm a promise keeper. If you're married, can you say that out loud? I'm a promise keeper. Come on. Hallelujah. I'm a promise keeper. Hmm. I know some of us have had bad experiences as kids. We've been in all kinds of mess and nonsense. And, um, you know, it can start fresh today, Amen. And it can start fresh and we can be a good example. It, listen, there's no better testimony. Like, yes, I, I used to be a drug addict. Yes, I used to do things wrong. But that's not my testimony is that God came in and changed me. So don't be so afraid and ashamed of what your story is in your past. That, whatever, that's the beauty of the gospel, that we can be humble and say, yeah, I screwed up. I made mistakes. But ever since 2014 or ever since 2023, I came in and I've been keeping my promise. And I've been standing for what's right. And I've been standing up for the Lord. I've stayed pure. Yes, some of you young people, yeah, I've had sex with 30 people, whatever. But today, yes. I'm going to walk in purity. Yes. I'm going to walk in wholeness. And if I stumble, if I do, not when, there's mercy. There's mercy. It's beautiful. Every time me and Maddie used to make mistakes before we got married, uh, the enemy would try to tell me, don't go to church. Don't lift your hands and worship. You're a hypocrite. And I remember I'd come down to the front over here on the left where Stephen and Holly are sitting, and I would just get before the Lord, and the Lord would speak to me very clearly, and he'd say, Mike, he says, so you're telling me that not only did you screw up this week, but you're also going to withhold your praise from me? What? <laughs> Why am, I, why am I the one not getting praised out of this? He says, you're messing up and you're not going to give me praise? Come on, bro. Who said that? Who said that, I, who said that you weren't worthy to give me praise? Hmm. How many of you know that praise from my end is only dependent on who he is on his end? Let me say that again. Praise is only dependent on who he is, never on what I am and what I've done this week. I can always give him praise. I can always shout his name. I can always say, God, you're worthy, because every single time I lift my voice, you're still worthy. And every single week I make a mistake in all my past and all my nonsense, every time you're worthy. Come on, I'll never stop singing your praise. Don't just let this be a Sunday morning cool song experience. I love, you know, there's something that, that, that just marked my life. And that song we sang earlier, from the mountains to the valleys, you know, I'm always going to give you praise, period. Man, because think about it. The enemy loves when you screw up, and then he loves it even more when you stop giving him praise. He hates it to see the redeemed people of God receive mercy and still give God praise. Because he cannot actually receive any mercy. All right, 1215. 
Hallelujah. I see my nursery check-in workers over there staring me down. I'm just kidding. <laughs> They're saying, we letting these kids out of here at 1230. Um, and I don't blame them. I got kids in there. We want to respect them too. Amen? So two things and we'll be done. <laughs> I want to say this. So young people, guard your purity. Set boundaries. Married people, guard your purity. Set up boundaries. Amen. And, um, um, and guard, guard your, your marriage from affairs, okay? So Malachi 2, uh, let's see here. Malachi 2, verse 8, and what was, the, what was God seeking? Godly offspring. So guard yourselves in your spirit and let none of you be faithless to your wife of your youth. Amen? So he sees this word guard. That means you gotta guard. You gotta put up a guard. You gotta walk with the guard. You gotta walk with the mentality of I have a guard up towards the opposite sex and I'm not gonna be flirty with the opposite sex. How many of you know some of us are just naturally a little charismatic and we kind of talk and we tease, but flirting is the issue of the heart. When it's a little more than that. I don't know about you, I sure the heck don't like when people are being flirty with my spouse. And I'll receive new mercy tomorrow after I. <laughs> I sure will. <laughs> oh, I'm just touchy, not my wife. I'm just that way. That's just my, no, not my wife. No, no, no. Flirting is an issue of the heart. If you find yourself, a lot of it, just, just make you spiritual for a moment because it is. Some of us have this seductive spirit following us around. We need to repent of it, get rid of it. It's something maybe you've carried. It's been passed down, whatever. You need to repent. Lord, I break ties with this seductive spirit. I keep finding myself flirt with other individuals. I renounce it right now in Jesus' name and it breaks off my life. Come on. I renounce that thing. Listen, come on. We're a Holy Ghost church. We need the power. That's why you need to sign up for freedom. There's the freedom plug. Sign up for freedom because you need to break ties of things holding on to you and keeping you bound. You need to guard your heart, church. Guard it from flirting with people. Guard it from being too friendly and trying to, listen, don't, don't try to build a connection with someone else's spouse. Woo, man, that stuff makes me angry. Mm. Don't try to build a connection with someone else's spouse. You know how I know this is real? Because we're all tempted to do it. Now listen, this is not what I want out of this sermon for y'all to go home and say, are you tempted to do that? Are you tempted to do those things? You know what he said today? Is that what you, how many times have you done that? Y'all know who you are. But then you, that is not the goal of this. No, because you've both done it probably. And so you don't want to know the answer, all right? But guard yourself today and say, hey, I'm, I'm going to keep my heart pure when I'm getting close to somebody or we're close to some friends and we're getting real close to another married couple and we're, we enjoy one another and whatever, I'm going to guard my heart from that, my buddy's wife. Amen? God will never lead you to your friend's wife. My goodness, I know. 
You know, when I hear about pastors and leaders who are falling from affairs, you know what my first instinct in my heart is? You ready? Let me tell you what it's not. It's not, man, they're terrible. I can't believe they did that. What a bunch of losers. I'll never do that. Nope. I say, nope. I told our staff, God, help us. Purify us, Lord. Help us guard our hearts, Lord. Keep us clean. Help us to be accountable, Father, to people in our lives and friends. People, Danny Silk said something. This, I was listening to a, a podcast, and he was like, man, all these people I'm close to, they just keep, out of one day, one day, they just walk out of the marriage. We don't know what's going on. And Danny said something really powerful to them. He said, I would propose that you don't actually know those people well. Because nobody one day just gets rid of everything and moves out. It's something that's been happening for many, many years. And the way to combat that is you need to get in community. You need accountability. You need to get in small groups. You need to start to share with people. We're struggling. Things aren't that good. Uh, one of my favorite testimonies, somebody in our church came to talk to Pastor Faith about marriage stuff. She, he said, I'm tired of faking it. We're not okay. I love that so much. Oh, I love it so much. So I'm like, oh, God can breathe on that. You don't understand what God's about to do with you guys when you step in humility and you're, you're honest. And you say, this is where I am. God says, okay, perfect. Because in your weakness, my strength is made perfect. So I'll boast about my weaknesses even more. Can we become a church that begins to boast about our weaknesses and say, yes, I'm struggling. Yes, I'm having a hard time. But man, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Come on, we're so, we're so putting on a facade and a face that everything is fine in our lives when it's not. It's not. So let's turn and let's shift this thing today, amen? So don't only just guard yourself from um, affairs and try to stay away from the opposite sex, but also build connection with your spouse. This is, I mean, I'm preaching to myself this morning. This is probably the area that I struggle with the most. Because my love language is touch, and Maddie's is not. It might be the opposite. Don't touch me. <laughs> and mine is, just touch me and tell me I'm awesome. That's all I need, just a little bit. You can just touch my shoulder a few times a day. Oh, wow, you're so strong. Psh, boom. I'm good for like at least 24 hours. You know, but Maddie's is more of quality time. She wants to have long periods of time where we, <laughs> where we spend all this time together and I gotta be connected. I gotta be, are you ready for this? Here's the hard thing. Just to be honest, I got, cause I'm kind of a scatterbrain. Maddie's always speaking death over me and saying I'm ADHD, which I don't receive. Just kidding. Just kidding. Shut up. And, and, and now I'm forgetting what I said. I'm proving it. I'm proving it right now. I'm proving it to all of you guys. Son of a gun. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Staying connected. Thank you, honey. Of course, you would remember that part. Um, so staying connected, and I'm like, man, this is, this is the part I really struggle with, to be honest, in our marriage. I, I, I would feel like I'm, done a, I'm doing a pretty dang good job about guarding towards affairs and things like that, from purity, from pornography. I don't, I don't watch pornography. I haven't done that in almost over 10 years. But <laughs> that is only half of it, church. 
The other half is building connection and building an emotional connection with my spouse where we're not just going through the motions, where we're actually not in a good place, truly. There's a false peace. I'm like, man, so the Lord told me the other day, he said, I want you to get up and I want you to make Maddie's mornings better. Instead of waking up like I normally do, which I already screwed this up this week, by the way. <laughs> Praise God. And, and I was like, man, instead of just being like, hey, what are you doing today? What's your plan? The way I think. And instead of and being like, hey, well, how can I help this situation? Maybe I can cook breakfast. I don't know. I want to encourage you. You're an amazing mom. You're going to do great today. Let me sweep up something. Let me go wipe a bathroom down. I don't know. The Lord, it's just so funny. When I'm struggling with Maddie, the Lord always does this thing like this. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow. You want me to change me. And one of my favorite quotes, and we'll end with this, is my response is my responsibility. I cannot blame you for how I'm responding to you. But I also can't gaslight you into acting like I'm not doing anything wrong. It's both. But I can't say things like, you're making me yell at you. No, that's not how that works. Sorry, guys. If that's how y'all stuff functions, that's not how it functions. You're saying the other person has power over you. One of the fruits of the Spirit, which I love, is self Control. Isn't that beautiful? Think about that for a moment. How is that a fruit of the Spirit? Self-control. Wow. So maybe when I'm full of the Spirit, I'll actually control myself better. Amen? That's why we have to build the main connection, which is between me and Him. Me and Him. Because when I'm full of Him, I'll have self-control. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Praise God. Uh, prayer team, would you come? I just, just some piano's fine. Um, let's, let's just pray. Let's pray into this right now. Even our prayer team, if anything in this message, let's just pray that it would sit in your heart, anything that God was trying to get to you today, that you would receive it, amen? Would you just close your eyes in this room? Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, we just need your love. We need your grace. We need your power. We need your words. Hmm. It's not by might nor by power, Lord, but it's by your spirit, Lord. So God, I just pray for an increase, an overflow of your presence and your spirit to help us. <laughs> Come on, just say that out loud. Help me. <laughs> you don't need any deeper prayer than that. Help us, Lord. Help me, Lord. Hmm. Help us to be examples as grandparents, as parents, as sons and daughters, Lord. For the future generations, Lord, of our kids and our grandkids, Lord, help us to stand for your truth, to stand for your ways. God, I just pray for the young people or anyone in this room is to walk in purity and holiness, God, that you have designed them for the best thing, and that best thing is in covenant and in marriage. Father, I pray and I thank you, Lord, that whatever's happened today, there's a brand new mercy for the past. Hmm. God, I thank you that in all throughout the Bible, you're using broken people 
for your glory, Lord. I thank you that a lot of us have uh, mixed families and split families. And God, I thank you that all throughout the Bible, you used mixed families and broken families. God, it's who you are. No one and no past is outside of your mercy. So Father, I just bless your people. I just pray for a fresh purity this morning to fall in your house, Lord. May honesty and integrity protect us. Cherie, is that your is that your name? It, um, I just felt the Lord just that scripture when I said it, you just came to my mind. Honesty and integrity protect you, and I believe that it has. That there's just such an honesty and a purity and integrity on you that is just an anointing, and God sees it, and it's just incredible. And I felt the Lord just saying He wants to honor you today for it. He just wants to single you out. And just honor you and your faithfulness to him and all the hidden things in life. And uh, there's just an anointing on you um, for the power of the Holy Spirit. There's an anointing for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's just an anointing to, um, like you don't want the spotlight. Like you don't want it. Um, But the Lord keeps giving it to you and the Lord will continue to give it to you because of that. So can we just lift our hands towards Cherie and her husband as well, I believe. So Father, we just pray a supernatural blessing. I just thank you, God, for a new season, just a favor that she's walking into, Lord. A favor with their marriage, fairy with their property, whatever it is, God, for jobs. I don't know what it may be, Lord, but I just pray that just um, that scripture about you're, you're making uh, streams in the desert, Lord. There are streams in the desert, Lord, that you're, you're literally watering dry places, God, and bringing uh, new fruits. So, Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that you are the God who brings increase. So, Lord, I pray for a supernatural increase and a blessing on her and her house. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Hello, beautiful. Come here. Oh, my goodness. All the young people out there, let me just tell you. This is actually better. This is actually better. Come here, Maddie. There's that song that says, you know, I've searched the world. What was it, how's it going? It but it couldn't fill me. Man, I've done that. And I'm telling you, there's nothing like covenant. There's nothing like this. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like mom and dad that, that choose this. Amen. So listen, if you're here today and you need salvation, I just want to make an opportunity for you. If you need to be saved, if you're like, man, I don't even know Christ. I've been running from God. I need to be born again. I need to give him my life. If that's you, I want you to leave your seat and I want you to come down here and pray with one of our prayer team leaders before you go. The Lord loves you. He sees you. His grace and mercy are here for you this morning. If you need to be saved, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of whatever. You've made it to the right place today. Today is the day of salvation. If you need to be saved, listen, do me a favor right now and look at your neighbor and say, is that you? 
And you can answer them. Say no or yes. And they say, listen, I'll go with you. I'm with you. And if you need prayer for healing in your body or you just want our prayer team to, I'd love to see a bunch of married couples just come down and let people pray for them this morning or any, anybody at all. Before you go, just come. We'd love to lay hands on you and pray for you for any needs that you may have. Bless you guys. I pray God's blessing and favor on your household. Be blessed this week in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Bless you guys. Have a good week. Come on, you can give it up for Jesus. If you need prayer before you go, please come down. Our prayer team is open.